Hey everyone, welcome to Tales of Recovery. This is your host, Chris Alves, and I'm here with my Tijuana-based brother, Roman Romo. Expat. I moved to San Francisco a while yeah. back. Yeah, you did? Because you escaped? I didn't escape. I mean, I, well, no. I guess I did. Yeah. I had to get away. You had to get away because this Bless is an you. episode of the shit that went down in Tijuana. Yeah. We were just chilling, doing the art, and then the narcos came yeah. and fucked up our city and our friends. And everything. And everything. And I got shot at a couple of times, and I got fucking scared, and I was like, crazy. yeah. So this is the Tales of Recovery, how we ran away, but also recovered our lives instead of, you know, you sitting know, around and getting shot. Or I didn't look jail. at, yeah, I mean, I didn't think of it as recovery till I started talking to you when you came and visited me, and a lot of things kind of came into light, you know, and... um I've been a mess up and down my life. Well, here, here. First of all, let's just let's just do the background. All right. So you and I are like 15, 16 years old. When we, we met. When we met. Yeah. I saw you were like totally punk rock, like big rings and the Vespa. And <laughs> I was like, yeah, rock and roll and Fucking hair. The hair. I mean, it was like. A lot of product in that hair back then. But also, yeah, because it was the 80s. Yeah. Eyeliner. A lot of eyeliner. We had really cool group of artists woke ass friends yeah. that were not about to succumb to the societal fresita shit of Tijuana. We were True. like the outsiders, the outcasts, but also super cool. Well, and yeah, nice and we and were part of society people. also, but we just didn't look at it like everybody else did. Yeah, true. I mean, we were more alternative for sure because we were listening to a lot of different music, the art, like just getting awakening by like, yeah. start looking at like, I don't know, Otto Dix and Conrad Prexmiller right. and like, when I discovered Francis Bacon, I was just like, holy shit. I mean, I yeah. always was like, okay, what is Ramon listening to? Because I like your taste in music. You know, I I was lucky growing up because my dad listened to a lot of rock and roll and my mom listened to a lot of Motown. So oh, yeah. so that mix right there. But definitely punk awakened the fuck out of me. I was yeah. like, anarchy, you so know? So we were going to concerts. Yeah. We were looking at art shows. Yeah. We were painting, we were creating music. I was in rock bands. In the we same time, we were all hanging out with everybody that was kind of like in the mix of that whole, that whole scene that kind of swept Tijuana into a dark episode of history. There was a history. good step in the Basa. Like, there's a lot of really eclectic energy creatively because you're right in the border. Tijuana yeah. meets California and it's like, yep. all of the Mexican beauty and all of the American freedom. Um, and crossing the border every day every to go to day. school or go to work or whatever, back and forth, go to see music. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had, we were privileged, really, yeah. compared to being in another part of Mexico. Because yeah. we grew up, I mean, I grew up listening. I knew Mickey Mouse before I knew the Virgin of Guadalupe, you know. <laughs> it's fucked up, but it's true. I mean, growing up, I... Mickey Mouse is God. Oh, yeah, about. fucking Mickey Mouse, that motherfucker. <laughs> but, um, like, literally, I... We had a very interesting upbringing. I mean, you showed up in Tijuana when you were 10 years old from Mexico City, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what I just heard just a little bit ago. Yeah. And, I mean, I grew... Yeah, shit for being a Chilanga. You know, you know I, I try to give you shit for being a Chilanga, and I was like, this is probably the coolest Chilanga I've ever fucking met. Hey. You just, you just... I mean, we were, we were just identified. We were looking at things differently. Yeah. We were skating a lot. Remember, we had that yeah. ramp in Becca JB's house. Yeah, I spent a lot of time at that skate park, you know, and it was, it was an escape back then. So long, sort of the the input of it is we started doing a lot of drugs. Yeah. And 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 also. I started late, actually. You know. Well. I, I didn't smoke till I was like eighteen. Well, we were partying. What yeah. I'm trying to get to is like a lot of our friends 
got like okay let's cross the road and run wild let's cross the road of yeah. cocaine let's do this and then it was the 80s and then it was like fucking crazy and then it was all these other young cartels in the and 90s like, that was know, the 90s the 90s we I think half of our friends split like some of them went to do like narco stuff and the other of them were doing like art and music well you that was kind of we like doing art that's what kind of happened it was like you, you I made a choice I was like I'm not into this stuff. I I, yeah. I have no interest in that kind of money. Yeah, I, I already had had a sh- couple of shows, you know, art shows, and and I had been, I mean, around a lot of musicians. Do you want to know? Was an amazing painter. Whatever. You're gonna have to go to his Instagram and check out his. <laughs> no, I don't have any. I keep it. I keep it. I try well, and stay out I'm of. Make you post it after this. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I hardly have any of my art on. I don't. I just don't. Well, we're I, gonna put it anyway, anyway, going back to the podcast. Back here. to the podcast. Mm. So uh, half of our friends were becoming narco juniors, getting into jail, getting arrested, having guns and all that shit. And then the other ones were all music, like Sergio La Torre. Yeah, creative. everybody, Karina, like everybody was like. Uh, also, a lot of a lot of our friends got into school and they were like, and they migrated north. And yeah. I kind of got a call one day from my friend Sergio de La Torre, and he was. Hey man, yeah, get out of Tijuanaistan. Basically, it's like save some money and come up here. And if you get a job, you stay. If not, you go back. Within a week, I got a job, and I've been up there for twenty-five years. Seven, so well, Bay Area, yeah. There, and where were you working at? Kitchens. Mm-hmm. I was in the kitchen with all the rest of the Mexicans. <laughs> <laughs> Mexican Oddly enough, I work with this guy that's related to. His last name is um, Yahweh's. Mm-hmm. Armando Nuno Yahweh's. And um, amazing, crazy chef from Tijuana mm-hmm. that nobody really knows him. Like amazing chef. That was one of the guys you started working with. What yeah. kind of restaurant was it? Was it? It was like it was a Caribbean restaurant. Caribbean. Yeah. Sergio and I were. I mean, I started as a prep cook there. I learned. I, I learned a lot. Stories about those kitchens. Yeah, they were fucking punk rock as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the whole Bay Area. I mean, San Francisco back in the early '90s also was a melting pot for. For a lot of really good art and a lot of really good music, so I re- immediately got into that scene and and it opened my eyes. I was very homophobic, you know, coming right. from Tijuana, and I ended up working with a with a lesbian, all lesbian punk rock crew. They were all musicians of painters. Nice. It was where at the restaurant or where? No, no, no. This is after I got out. I got sick of the restaurants in about okay. two years, and I started doing construction and painting houses and stuff, and I got this job with this. Um, this lesbian that had a painting painting company and I was the only heterosexual in the company and they would give me so much shit and uh, it was but I started like learning from people that I was hanging out with that what was I afraid of like that whole homophobic thing was like so stupid yeah exactly and once I got up there once I got up there I was like these people are fucking super cool you know it's it's to each his own, you know. You can't judge people about their but sexual anyway, preferences. We're talking about our, our experience. Yeah, I mean, it just changed me a lot. I went. I feel like I've gone through several, several recoveries. You know, right. One of them was moving out of TJ. Another one was integrating myself into the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and then falling into drug addiction up there Again. Uh, by my own device. Yeah, building motorcycles. I've been a motorcycle guy. Well, yeah. I started with Vespas and I've just been, I've had just about everything that you can imagine. That was a edge in Tijuana. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. It was a main of transportation that was just cool. Yeah. But um, I've had a lot, a lot of motorcycles. And fortunately, I got hooked on speed and went down the wrong path and 
lost the girlfriend, made a mess of my life, ended up living in a car with a dog. It was a rough time. Yeah, stuff eats you up a lot. Yeah, and it took me a while, and I got out of it on my own, and it, and that was another recovery. So how did you, you know? get out of it? I mean, you know, I ended You know, I woke up one day. Time. Wait, let me tell you this story first, though. When I was up in my crazy business, partying up all night, my mom would call Roman <laughs> at 2 in the morning. I can't find this. Go get her. And you would go with her down to, like, that's oh, house or wherever the hell I was partying at. And you'd be like, come on now, your mom. You your gotta go. Right. We I'm gotta like, go. Because the last thing we wanted to do was like to hear your mother, man. Jesus, fuck. I know you were going to be okay, you know, because you but always were. But she's calling me, and it was like, okay, you got to go find her now. So this is our history. We go way yeah. back. Yeah. And then I end up yeah. quitting drugs at 25. You're I kept going. I kept, kept on going. going for a bit. And then, so tell me, like, what was the edge? You're living in the car. You know, I just, it all started very innocently with a friend that passed away now. Um, amazing, amazing motorcycle builder. And I was, I built some Harleys. I built all kinds of shit. And uh, all of a sudden, a year go, goes by and I'm using speed every day. Mm-hmm. And I went down a, a dark, a dark yeah. hole, basically. Yeah. And um, one day I was, all my friends tried to help me. They all, they did everything. I have amazing, amazing people around me. But it got to a point where I was like, I was still using, and I was still using, and I was still using, and everybody started turning their backs on me because mm-hmm. it was just like, you're not getting it. You're not helping yourself. We're trying to help you. Fuck you, you know. It gets to the point where you're like, it's like, no. después de tres días, apiesta el muerto, no? Como dicen. <laughs> and, um, um, but I was walking with my dog down Valencia Street in the Mission, and my dear friend Dima owned a store on that street. And I remember her seeing me from like a block away and crossing the street to avoid me. Mm. And that day, hurt. I was hurt. I was like, who the fuck are you? Mm. Like literally, who are you? And um, that was the day that I was like, I'm, that's it. It's either this shit or me. I didn't go to a 12-strike program. I just literally locked myself up and went cold turkey. And, um, and it literally took me about two years to, to start thinking, to start processing thought properly. Yeah, that's the message. It messes your, your fuck. It fucks your brain up. Yeah. It fries your brain. Is what it does, yeah. and you don't sleep. And it's it's horrible. It's a horrible drug. Super unhappy. Yeah, it's fucking chemicals, man. You're just fucking killing yourself. So when you lock yourself in your house, like, what did you do? Did you just like water, water and food? And I just said, no more of this. It's either this shit or me. Mm-hmm. And I got out of it, you know. And a little bit after that, another friend I ran into. I had this art show. And my dear were friend. Were you painting when you were out of it? Like, was your I was. I've always been painting. I'm a very unethical painter because I'll go and not paint for two years, and then I'll fucking go bananas and paint a lot. Right. So I, I. But during the time. I was painting a lot. Was that you think that was part of the? Very much so. It, there was always a healing process yeah. within the art. Always. There's right. always been. Uh, it's been a very big part of my life. Um, I've spent a lot of nights crying and painting. Yeah. yeah just like trying to find my soul basically yeah. and yeah. and I mean life is life you know life gives us all of us gives us different challenges yeah. some are self-induced and some are you know okay. circumstances or whatever but uh, it was tough it was but it was after my own device so I knew that I had to get out of it myself yeah. and I had to I had to go down that road if I wanted to be the person that I knew before yeah. and um 
because I shouldn't help didn't want to be the person that my dear friend avoided I did not want to be that person and uh, yeah it, and then I was in, in another recovery right there again so I just find myself that I've had I think every decade I've experienced some sort of recovery mm-hmm. and I don't know I didn't realize it till I till I till you came to visit me mm-hmm. and we started talking about this and last year or? yeah well no a few months ago oh after the Hoffman process yeah because um, I was when you left I was just like and it's funny because I talked to Sergio and it's like dude like did it just happen like did we, I mean did, like I, I felt like breath of fresh air you know that came into my life again really yeah um. yeah I mean you also were coming from some heavy shit when yeah, you went up there just and and happen. just hanging out with you and, and and I felt good because you came and you said hey can you put me up for a few days I was like fuck yeah <laughs> and you know just catching up and and we saw Karina and we had food and we saw Sergio and it just felt really fucking good to have that energy around you know mm-hmm. and I was I was deeply deeply in, in, like thankful for it mm-hmm. and uh, so when you told me about this podcast stuff I don't know yeah, I don't let's go talk this podcast is like a healing for me I come in here and I just like talk shit or share my soul or have guests talk because I think talking is like sharing our hearts like I see you sharing from your heart right now and I want to tell you this like you're one of my deepest most faithful friends ever like no matter what you call Romet you show up and I know that I'm not the only one that you do this for so you know, your faithfulness to like like the loyalty to being a friend is, is I it's think uh, thank you but I think I've also been an asshole friend and I well, you know but I appreciate it I am very much loved and I and yeah, I and I, I, for, I don't forget this I truly don't yeah. the people that love me love me for who I am yeah. for sure and um, and I I feel the same way about them you know and the friends that I have I mean I've had for I make friends and I keep them yeah I mean we've been friends for what like, fucking fuck more than old, half of our lives like let's see we're gonna be I'm 50. turning 50 at the end we both turning 50 at the end of the year yeah. so we were like 15 when we more than half of our lives we've been yeah. friends and even though we won't see each other for like five years it's like we never Still. yeah it's like it's like high school high yeah. school friends middle school high school friends yeah I mean you were always at my house having lunch with us we got into a lot of fucking trouble man Jesus Christ we were but but we weren't like doing like, no, we weren't stealing it, stuff. No, we were, like, no, we were just we just it was always a party. Partying and going camping. Do you remember when we used to go to the so beach? Fine, talking about life. We were always at the beach. Just doing about, acid. Like, what? Did you not say that? <laughs> Man, yeah. fuck. We were expanding our consciousness. Um, here's the thing, I believe, like when you have friends that just gather, when you just are like it's like a magnet to other people that just I feel like we've always known there was more than what we were trying to be constricted for like well but yeah definitely because of. I don't know if I'm saying restricted right. of I don't know just constricted? like the oppression of society we're just like yeah, I never understood that we're shit we're not gonna do that shit alright I never yeah I we're ne- gonna gather with other people that are artists that are yeah. like minded that wanna expand I mean, since I, yeah. have fun have fun since I was a child like remember telling you that when I would see peanuts and like the adults would talk and they'd be like, bah, wow, 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 bah, wow, wow, wow. That's when I was a kid. That's what I, when I heard people, adults talking, I was like, I felt just like that. It's like, what the fuck are you people talking about? 
you know, and I literally, I was, I was like, There's, these are aliens. But I just, we've always seen society in a different way, and I think that's where I've been, we identify with each yeah. other, you know. Yeah, we I just, like it. I think it's like a certain kind of freedom. Yeah, and you're open, and you're, I think you're also, your mind is open more to understanding just the opposite of what you are or who you are or like, like somebody opening to like somebody that came from a different lifestyle than you did right. and just being open to what they've experienced, yeah. you know? It's and all judgmental. Yeah, and, and like, just be like, yeah. Oh yeah, because of your color, your skin or this or that. It's like, that doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think what matters is like your actions and how you present yourself to yeah. people that surround you. Your energy. Your energy, for sure. I'm very sensitive to energy. I've always been. Yeah. Even though that I've hung out with a bunch of savages my whole life, <laughs> they've been good savages, you know? Yeah. All my savages are good savages. Yeah. I mean, there was a lot of violence growing up. I mean, the 80s were a lot of fighting in those streets in Tijuana, a lot yeah. of... And there was a lot of, uh, like, negative shit always around us, but I feel like we always found a way to laugh. We laughed a lot. Well, we were getting wasted. Yeah. I mean, uh, you're laughing, but that is, that's the one thing. Juan Carlos? Yeah. Juan Carlos would say, like, dude, you're always laughing. Well, I know. We're just always trying to it's find, like, I think Mexicans just is always trying to laugh because yeah. it's like this. Like tragedy and, and tragedy yeah, tra- uh, and the tragedy so always turns sad. into laughter. Yeah, yeah, if you can't laugh about tragedy, there's something wrong, you know. And mm-hmm. it's true, dark sense of humor. And there we were, like, like I remember we were like the roadie for Tijuana, no? I was actually their stage manager for stage a while. Manager. Yeah, I was their stage manager for a while. I did a couple of tours with them, and then when I came back. They were going to go to Europe to record with Manu Chao in the Basque country. Mm-hmm. And I was already in San Francisco. I already had a job. And Alex calls me and he's like, dude, we're going. Done. Yeah, we're going to go. We're going to record. I'm like, no, I'm done <laughs> with you fuckers. <laughs> Being, it was, yes. It was like being their babysitter. It was it was a lot of drinking, a lot of party. Mm-hmm. I met a lot of amazing people also. Really too. Nice. Yes. And I saw a lot. It was it was fun. But I, I had to grow up a little bit, and I had to be like, okay, what do you want to do? You want to do, a, be on the road with these guys, or do you want to do some art and like open some new avenues? So I made the choice to, you know, um, and it was good for me. I mean, I've sold a lot of work up there. So you have like a huge set of paintings of dogs, and then I've done pigeons. I've done, you know, I do. My my work is very political, even though at first glance it doesn't look like it. I oh, will you do. Have an awesome set about the shoes of the prostitutes in yeah, Tijuana. Tijuana, the Tijuana. Well, I didn't want to judge them, so I just painted their shoes, because they're standing there for 15 hours on I knockoffs, know. and so I just painted their shoes and their feet. You know, I didn't want to dishonor women. I didn't want to be disrespectful. So I, the way of me interpreting their hardship was through just painting, and people were like, "Oh, you have a foot fetish." I'm like, "No, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is some serious yeah. yes." Same thing with the stray dogs. Same thing with the pigeons. Pigeon fucked up. Man fucked up pigeon. Yeah. Yeah. I got in. I got did some research on pigeons, and I can. We can sit here and talk a lot about pigeons, and that we shouldn't because that's another broadcast. Well, yeah, but I want to talk about the Tijuana, like the prostitute shoes, because we we were living in Tijuana, hanging out in the in the Santa Rosa, which is like the red light district. Like a really observing. Yeah. Besides partying, I think really observing 
just like the nitty gritty of culture of all the a lot of a lot of a lot of transsexuals a lot of I mean there was a lot Tijuana's always been music a lot of music I mean La Coahuila was we we used to end up okay these guys would walk around other Mexicans will relate I don't know about American people but there is these little boxes that have two bars and they have Oh yeah. Electrical cables, and they'd walk around going toques, toques, like, <laughs> and you'd be me, 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 and I used to love them. these little cables, and the guy would turn up the watts or whatever. Yeah, the vol, yeah, the the ampage, the ampage. You would just be getting electrocuted there to see how much you could take. <sighs> and ha ha, everyone was laughing, right? I mean, what? I used to love it. I used to. I mean, it I, like I. It was a challenge to just hold on till that till he went to number twelve, because <laughs> that was the max. And he was like. And I used to, I got, a, I got up to twelve a couple of times, but it was just the why. The music in there, though, there was yeah. like, why I don't know, but they had like upright basses and these really cool jazz bands and like. I mean, the Rio Ritas. I mean, I mean, I got to see, I got to see Dead Kennedys with mm-hmm. Th Peligro on the drums. You know, I got to see Black Flag pre Henry Rollins down there. I got to see. I got I to see Iguana. Delight yeah. with Bootsy Collins on the bass yeah. at Iguanas. Yeah. I saw Iggy Pop like four times down there. I mean, the music scene was just, yeah. we had the best. Rage Against the Machine. Rage. Oh, remember Nirvana? Nirvana. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, Jane's Addiction. Yeah. The Cramps. After Like every, I think it was the day after Halloween for like four or five years in a row, the Cramps, the cramps would play. Because they would play San Francisco and then they would play TJ at Iguanas. Yeah. Well, it was the Casbah and then Tijuana, I guess. Tijuana. Iguanas, yeah. Tijuana has just always been super fun. Um, How is it nowadays? Is it still like, is the music scene coming back? I mean, th- yeah, there's a huge music scene. There's so much art. There's like a lot of really cool um, venues now where mm-hmm. they're having amazing concerts. <coughs> What's this other guy? I forget his name now, but. The box. They just have really cool underground venues, and then really, venues. that's awesome. And yeah, the music scene. So is the scene is coming back. It's. I don't think it ever really left. left. I think it was quiet and and kind of eerie mm-hmm. when the cartel Los Arellanos just fell. Yeah. Well, they they got shut down. Yeah. Class, everything shut down for a while. Yeah. Like I wouldn't even let my my mom take my kids down to her house anymore because uh, I moved to San Diego also uh-huh. when I was about twenty five. I'm like, no, not for a while. But yeah, a few years went by, and now it's like the restaurants are amazing. They're That's having awesome. Like, it's, you know, a lot of people are still, oh, you going to Mexico? I'm scared. I'm like, dude, <laughs> people go to Israel all the time. Yeah. They're like bombing and stuff. Yeah. You just, it's not that bad. It's actually really. I think a lot of it also is how you carry yourself, you know? Yeah, and you're not going to be by yourself. Here, pour some of that bros. I call it, night. you know what I call that shit? Call it the brosé. The brosé. There <laughs> well, we go. Cheers to you. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, Put it's been a whole there. lifetime of... Can I take this one with me? Just come in and go in. Your fake mini pincher? My little, my little dog tequila has... Um, you call it a mini pincher? Yeah, it's a chihuahua. It's a mini pincher. You got sold it's up. It's a mini It's pin. like when you get a fake Gucci bag. Pin. This is a fake Gucci bag right Listen. here. <laughs> my dogs are from Tijuana. <laughs> it's supposed to be a mini supposed to be a French bulldog. I don't know. I want like I fifty of these. I, I want them to be like piranha. Yeah. Like I want some property and like <laughs> fifty like like mangy chihuahuas. Like mutts. So really what I, I what I think is interesting though to say is how 
um, like finding your way through creating art because a lot of times people are oh I'm in recovery I'm you know found this life clean and sober and that, but it's just like recovering through art through your creative process through work through different friends and mostly I think just the resilience of life and finding our way like I see you you have this really cool cute little house in San Francisco lots of Oakland. friends I'm Oakland I'm moving to Oakland now Oakland I'm, I'm out of San Francisco. I love Oakland. Oakland. Is cool. I mean, yeah, that's where all the artists have gone because nobody can afford San Francisco. It's so everybody jumped the jumped the lake. Excuse yeah. me. Um, yeah, I've met a lot of really really cool people in Oakland in the six years that I've been there. Um, and actually, funny enough, people that I kind of like because the Bay Area's like it's everybody knows each other, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you know somebody, you know somebody that knows somebody. But um, you have the whole Tijuana crew. Yeah, exactly. They're all they're all pretty much academics. I mean, I'm the only one that never went to art school. They're all all my friends that had moved from Tijuana up there. They're all either professors or very much in museums and stuff. I'm the one that went the punk rock way for (laughs) sure. But um, punk rock is life. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, like, I believe that. The universe gives us something, and you you just gotta try and make the best jam out of it, right. you know. Yeah. Um, I've been very lucky as far as. I can't even believe we're alive. I know. Yes. I had a girl that worked a couple of days, like maybe four or five years ago, be like, giving me shit about, "Ooh, you're turning forty something. Well, how does it feel?" I was like, "Bitch, I can't even believe I'm alive." <laughs> Period. I'm <laughs> celebrating that I even made it this far. She was like, "Oh." I'm like, are you kidding me? We're alive. I've gotten, I've gotten hit by cars and motorcycles, knock on wood, like three times and fucking flown like Superman. I mean, the stupid shit that I've done in my life from, like, I got into racing motorcycles for a little bit. Yeah, just, yeah. yeah. So what do you say right now, like? I can say one. What brings you, like, okay, we'll say what I can say one thing that if, if, I think that art is, is in, it's in everybody. In one yeah. form or another. I mean, flipping an egg. I mean, I think that everybody has art in them. They just had to discover it. They just have to be willing to try to find something. Because I see art in everything. Mm-hmm. You know? If man made it, it's art. It's design. It's creative. It's construction. It's building stuff with your hands. Architecture. Everything that right. you look at is, to me is art. Mm-hmm. This cable. Um, right. Oh that's, I mean... Technology is art as well, you know. The thing is, it's a great release of emotions, of anger. Of it's a great form of just helping yourself, mm-hmm. you know. Being creative. I mean, just crying and letting the bad yeah. salt out of like, and yeah, just screaming at a painting when you need to scream at somebody. And you'd surpri- you'd be surprised at what comes out when that shit happens. <laughs> I mean, I've been like, and I've also burned a lot of paintings and I've destroyed a lot of paintings, just out of emotion, you know. But uh, literally, it's energy, you know. It's 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 energy, and it's tremendous energy. I mean, if I'm gonna give you an example, I was in Washington D.C. several years back. I had never been. I was there with my family, and my nieces and my nephews and my sister Lilia and her husband, blah blah. And, and all the museums are free there. Where? Uh, Washington, Washington D.C. Okay. And um, 
we were in the Museum of Modern Art, and I I had only seen Jackson Pollock's in books, and I was like, oh well, what, what's the fun in like this guy dripping paint all over the fucking place, whatever. I was like, I was not impressed, basically. And also because I never went to art school, and like what I've learned of art, I've learned by going and seeing things, or or reading, or looking at books, or or through friends. But I had never seen or read up a lot on Jackson Pollock. I didn't really know his history, and whatever I had seen in books, I was just like. Whatever, this guy's just dripping fucking paint, drunk, dripping paint all over the fucking place. Well, I'm in the Museum of Modern Art in Washington, D.C., and I turn a corner, and I get hit in the face by this giant Jackson Pollock. Mm. I mean, I'm talking about an 8-foot by, like, 12-foot big. big piece. And I'm like, holy mother of Christ, I get it. Mm. The energy when you see a Pollock live, it, I was just like, wow. I understand. He had flow. He had energy. Just like he, I mean, I could see when he would start, he would not stop. It was just this, it's like this, it was like an orc, like a conductor at an orchestra. And like you could, I mean, you could almost feel and smell the paint flying. Pretty beautiful. Pretty beautiful and impressive. And if you can find yourself in a way of recovery, just to find yourself doing something where you can, where you can, transfer some of that bad energy into positive energy mm. it it it's pretty amazing you might surprise yourself i mm. think i have i definitely have and it's funny i didn't never really looked at it that way until until hanging out with you or, and, and talking with other friends like karina and, and my friend mariah and it's just mm. like yeah like really i really feel like i never I never look at myself. I just do. I just, I'm very visceral. I'm very... I think we're very judgmental. Of yeah. I think we all are. But yeah. I mean, it comes to a point where somebody else has to be a friend. Be like, dude, you're a badass. Look at this shit you're doing. Look at this stuff you're transforming. No, because honestly, that's what community's for. Oh, really? True. You think that? Okay, well, maybe... I don't pat myself on the back at all. I mean, I try not to put anything on the internet. There's very little on my sh- work out there um maybe one of these days when i start making more but uh i'm gonna start putting this shit up there <laughs> good luck finding it i've sold it all <laughs> literally good luck finding it i have not documented a lot of my work really? and i've gotten rid of i've sold a lot do in training keep painting? Like, i will keep painting my whole yeah. life i i find i find peace in painting yeah. and that's i'm gonna tell you something about me and painting when i'm painting that moment is mine. Mm. It's nobody else's. It's me lost in that canvas and that space and time and moment and all you want to call it, whatever you want to call mm. it. When I seize painting, when I share my paintings, when I sh- have a show, they cease being mine because mm. they're open to interpretation to somebody else. What mm. somebody might call um, one of these prostitute shoes or, and feet, my, they might have a totally different feeling mm-hmm. yeah you know um so i have no problem selling or trading or bartering for my work i have friends they're like oh i can't sell that because it has sentimental value i will wipe my ass <laughs> with that painting it was the moment when it was it's the moment it's the moment yeah. yeah it's like when you it's like when you first put together a song you know when you that moment yeah that moment is always going to be just that moment you know how important that is? You know who Brené Brown is? She's this really cool no. 
Professor Chick, she talks about how the act of doing the creativity is the healing. Yeah. And a lot of people don't do the creation because, oh, if it's not perfect, oh, I'm not going to sell it, oh, I'm not going to be famous, oh, nobody's going to like it. Yeah, you see, I don't get it. And so then you, you get you get all tripped up when really yeah. the, the creation of it is where the magic is at. You see, I, I agree with her 100% because mm-hmm. me coming into the whole art scene, just I not I didn't even know that I could paint. Andre Vasquez, like he opened up that door. I was good at drawing, and I was doing some printmaking with Luis Lombardo. But Andre was the one that like hanging out with him and just watching him paint. I was like, mm-hmm. shit, I can do this shit. Mm-hmm. And literally, kind of, he opened up that door for me. Um, so many good artists in Tijuana. Oh my god. Yeah. You know, but I think Benjamin Serrano has been. Right. Papa de los pollitos. I mean, he's always been my favorite Tijuana painter. But um, like she, like you're, like I don't know what this, what was this person's name? Renee Brown. Yeah, Brand. she's she's completely right, oh, and, yeah, and I identify with what she says, literally because I never really cared about selling or, or impressing anybody. I just needed that demon out, out you know, and I feel like. At happy times or at bad times, it's always it's always a good transfer of energy, mm-hmm. and you can hang it and you can sh- check it out and be like, yeah, I, you can go back and revise it, you know, and be like, I remember in what state I was when I what I mean I've gone to friends' houses that have bought my paintings, and I haven't seen a painting in a long time, and I'm like, fuck, I remember how twisted I was when that shit was happening and how dark it was when I was doing that. Or and what good of space I was and how clear-minded I was when I was researching this I other work. And yeah, you know, uh, and it's it's a good feeling. It's really, I mean, I'm not a musician, but I imagine that musicians have that kind of same of, yeah. you know, revise with their work. I just saw, remember the guitar player from Bodhisattva? No. Our band? I remember your band, but I don't know who the guitar player was. He just came down here from Santa Rosa and we were talking about, like he and I would just sit down and write a song in like five minutes and be like how did that happen that was all you see that's the shit like that creativity process is so fun that's that's the fun part yeah yeah and just when you just lock it down and you're like that works and you're just like surprise yourself and you're like (laughs) exactly and it it is tremendous Mm -hmm. and those are i also believe that like for about 80 percent of our lives we're in some kind of misery and that 20 percent is like Mm -hmm. the yeah that feels good. Yeah. It's probably like self-induced misery too. Yeah, completely. You need to learn yeah, because you don't need to. We just we're product of it. society, and we just function within this this like river of shit. <laughs> you know, you gotta keep floating yeah, down so that river. Meditate. Yeah, but when you open yourself up to to that kind of thing, things change, and like, right. and you pace yourself, right. and you're like, yeah, that doesn't feel as bad as it felt. Bad. I think it just takes time too. Like we're older, you kind of start yeah. to realize. Yeah, I mean, I feel I just started maturing actually at like forty-eight. <laughs> I'm not even maturing yet. <laughs> I'm just I don't trying know. to have fun. I have friends that are like, "Oh, you should give us a class on adulting." I'm like, on a what? Adulting. What's like that? Twenty-five year old. How to be an adult? Oh. I'm yeah. like, dude, I'm so winging it. I am totally winging it. I think most adults do. They just pretend they're not. You know. A lot of it, I think, is like. Our parents didn't communicate with no, us, like no. par- like my friends' parents. Now I hear them communicate with their children, and I'm like, I would have been a badass if I would have been like communicated to mm-hmm. that way or exposed to other things like art and 
I had to go feelings. Oh, yeah. you actually feel like that? <laughs> Nobody feels anything. Like I'm just going to laugh. Yeah, and I'm not talking about like, don't like, literally like, yeah, what's your fucking problem? Let's talk about this. Like, yeah. let's like let's sit down and, and like talk about this, yeah. you know? And listen and like, it's it's it rough. Was I was afraid. I've always been afraid of being a parent. Now at my age, I think I might have you made a good be parent. It's yeah. scary. I never it's had I never had kids, way. you know. Mostly yeah. because I didn't want to be like my father. Mm. I was afraid of being. And my father wasn't a bad person. He was just an absentee parent, you know. And I just and also didn't feel like I needed to bring more humans into this planet. There's a lot of us out here. Yeah, and I like growing up. I was like. You're a good uncle, though. You I'm a very a good uncle. Yeah. I, I like kids. They're a fucking awesome energy. They're yeah. amazing energy. And um, I love animals as well. It's a very... Which I never wanted. I I mean, I was... A, I was it was enough just trying to get take myself... Care yeah, take care of myself, you know. Honestly, the respect to people that, like you that are just like having a life without having to conform and I have to have the kids I have to have the house I have to do this and that it's, yeah. just, it's just it's beautiful you know it's different journeys and yeah I mean I've I've had it rough you know and I've had it easy too mm. <coughs> but it's <coughs> I've also done it my way like the song says I did it my I really have just one of people artists <coughs> um, it's been good it's been fun yeah. well luck I'm really glad you came down here and hopped on this. We're I'm, just going to throw this out there. You guys can have fun, laugh, ask yeah. questions. Follow Roman on his Instagram. And <laughs> if you're in the Bay Area, hit me up. I'll yeah. tell you where to go eat at least and yeah. go drink well. <laughs> really? He knows all, you know I know all, all the, the spots. Really I didn't spots. get this gut. It cost me some money, you know. <laughs> uh, it's, been a, it's been an investment in culinary yeah. um, ventures yeah. for sure. Oh, You're always so... Um, I don't know, you're just always such a pleasure to hang out with. Thank you. Everyone Likewise. Here. Just like. Likewise. Just I'm glad they. St- always <laughs> like the fun stuff, you know. Yeah. I love you. I love you I'm too, sister. You yeah. We should do this again. Yeah. Maybe you can bring it on the road and bring it up north. Yeah, we're gonna do the Tales of Recovery tour. <laughs> That'd be awesome. I got I some good see. recoverers over there. <laughs> hey. I know some savages. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. I got a good crew up there that like, oh, they'll throw down That's for sure. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Thank, and, thank you uh, very much. Good night. Come back and check us out later. Good night.